0: But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy, because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I am not David Spada, so I think that means I'm Elliot Harris. David, once again, is out of the studio. But we have a couple of great interviews that I think you'll enjoy. First up, we have Basketball Hall of Famer Wes Unseld, the former Baltimore Bullet, Washington Bullet, and once upon a time, Louisville basketball star. We're
1: probably excited uh, the last week with uh, Louisville winning the championship.
0: Well, I'm not excited. I'm excited for those those young men in the city. Uh, it's, a, it's a big thing, and, and my hats off. Congrats to them. My wife is awfully excited because she's also a Louisville grad, and uh, it was uh, you know, it was it was, it was it was nice for all of us who were from that area.
1: Who was your coach here at Louisville? Because you were before Denny Crum, right?
0: Oh yeah, much way before Denny Crum. Um, the coach I played under his name was Peck Hickman, one of the old time guys. How did you end up at Louisville? How did I end up in Louisville? Well, I'm I'm from Louisville. uh, So, you know, I was recruited by a number of uh, very interesting institutions, and and, uh, I just thought that uh, here was a place playing big-time major league basketball
1: in the Missouri Valley Conference
0: at the time. And uh, it also uh, allowed uh, my father and family a chance to, uh, watch me play, uh, which was a big thing for for him, and uh, it it was yeah you know, an easy decision. Then
1: you get drafted by the Kentucky Colonels in 1968 of the ABA and then what also by the Baltimore Bullets. Did you have a tough decision to make which league to play in?
0: Yeah, it was sort of tough, but uh, the decision was actually made for me by. Uh, certain incidents that happened. So it, it worked out the best. Do you want to talk about the incidents? No, not at this time. It's water under the bridge. <laughs> the bridge has been torn down. I mean, you were a rookie of the year and MVP
1: your first year. You must have thought this is an easy league to play in.
0: No, it wasn't easy. When you were playing against Wilt and Russell <laughs> and Thurman and uh, – Guys like that. It was nothing was easy about it. Who was the top at 71 against? Well, I, I, I've i never tried to rate them. Uh, but uh, the one I disliked playing the most was a, a young man who I understand just passed away here not too long, great, long ago by the name of Tom Bullwinkle. Uh, he, was he was a Chicago Bull, Bull, and we're from Chicago. Yeah. Chicago Bulls, and he was a he's a big dude, and you know I used to like to hit people and try to wear them down. Well, I could never get to that point with Tom, 'cause found out I was the one getting worn down.
1: He set the record for the Bulls for most rebounds in a game, and it's still standing He had 39 one game, and he probably could have hit 50 if they left him in there.
0: Well, he he could do some things. He was a big guy, but he was he could hold his own.
1: We've interviewed the other Hall of Famers in basketball. Most of them say the best player of all time was Bill Russell because that guy, you could not stop him. He was good on defense and offense, and they said basically he was better than Chamberlain because he, because he could do it
0: all. Well, I don't know anybody who could get more rebounds than Chamberlain or score more points than Will. Uh, so I don't. I wouldn't try to rate either one of them. I don't think you'd get much better than Jabbar. Uh, I don't think you can get much better than Jordan. So you can just keep going. Uh, I, I just think it depends on what generation you're in.
1: The guy you mentioned that's kind of forgotten is Nate Thurman. That guy could flat out play, but he was in the shadow of Will and Russell for all those years.
0: Yeah. And, and, I mean, he was an absolute fabulous, uh, solid individual as far as basketball is concerned, for everything else, too. But uh, he was... Uh, just a steady, uh, no-nonsense basketball player.
1: You were six seven when you were playing in the NBA. I mean, how did you get all those rebounds at that
0: height? Well, I had to do something, otherwise I wouldn't have been playing in the NBA. It was just <laughs> that, that simple. Either go do that or go home.
1: Did you think you were, was it, you were ever going to win a title? Because it took you a while in the NBA.
0: I, at some points, I'm sure I had my doubts because I didn't know if uh, a team with a six foot seven center was, was going to be able to win a title. But, uh, you know, I still had to just chug along and, and keep it going. Because, I mean,
1: you won the title when Elvin Hayes joined your team, is that correct?
0: Well, Elvin had been with us for a while, yes.
1: So who was the center, who was the power forward, or were you guys interchangeable?
0: Well, to some degree, but I was the center and Elvin was a power forward.
1: Did you guys you guys get some battles in practice though? With the two of you were always on the same team.
0: Well, it depended on how we broke up practice, but basically we were you know the starting team, and and that's usually the way most coaches would would do handle it to keep units together. What was the NBA like when you were playing? Was it a
1: more of a defensive league or was it more offensive?
0: It was more basketball league offense and defense. Uh, you know, we we didn't go about to... It it, it was a team uh, oriented game, not an individual uh, focus.
1: When did it change from a team game to an individual
0: game? Was it in
1: the 80s with Jordan and that group, or was it after that?
0: I think it started around Magic and uh, Bird. Uh, the league was trying to sell itself and started to focus on individuals and make more, more marquee players than marquee teams. Because,
1: Jack, when you were playing, they didn't focus on marketing players like they did in the 80s with, the, like you said, the Magic, the uh, Birds, the Jordans. It was basically about the league.
0: Yeah, it was about the teams. And uh, uh, when David Stern came in, I just think they started to uh, – have a new strategy, and obviously it worked.
1: How hard was it to compete against the Celtics teams in the late 60s, early 70s?
0: Mm, not at all. Celtics were not really one of the teams we had that much trouble with. You know, uh, you know we had problems with New York, I think, probably more than the Celtics.
1: Because New York, you had what you had. <clears throat> Well, you had Willis Reed, you had Jerry Lucas,
0: you had Frazier, Earl, had Earl Monroe, Dave DeBusschere. <laughs> so it was um, it was tough playing the Knicks, night in and night out. What did you go
1: against Willis Reed most of the time?
0: Yes, all the time.
1: Willis was a tough guy because he could do it all
0: too. Very tough, and it was not pleasant. Miss the way
1: the NBA used to be played with the centers being the focal point of the offense. Now it seems like it's more guard oriented, small forward oriented.
0: No, I don't miss that at all. I I think, uh, you know, any way that uh, the team that is played that is exciting and and focused on winning and focused on basketball where it's uh, a team involvement is good.
1: Then you went into coaching. Was that your dream, or you just happened to fall into it?
0: That was my nightmare. It was not my dream.
1: Because <laughs> you were with the Bullets when uh, <clears throat> they had Moses for there for a while, right? And Jeff Malone and that crew.
0: Yes, I was. I coached that team. You ever
1: practice against Moses to kind of give him some moves, or he basically was established?
0: Oh, he was already established. No, I didn't. There's no way I, I was going to ever try to inflect my game upon on other individuals. Of course, they always, as a coach, you try to talk to them and show them uh, techniques that might help augment their game, but never uh, get to a point where you wanted to, you know, create, uh, you know, someone that, that played like you. Well, if you were named one of the top 50 players of
1: all time. What was that like?
0: Well, it was a great honor. I'm sure one day uh, I will appreciate it a lot more. I, I appreciate it now, but uh, I've never been very good at, with uh, individual awards. Uh, I, I've always you know, appreciate them, and they're very nice. But, uh, okay, let's get on to something else.
1: I remember watching it when you guys were all on the court together. I think there was, what, 48? of you guys on the court. I think two of you guys have passed away, but I don't think you ever said much mm-hmm. talent on the court at one time. I
0: mean, Pete Maravich was the only one that wasn't there.
1: So 49 out of 50. That, yeah, the only one who uh, passed away was who?
0: Pete Maravich.
1: Pete Maravich, okay.
0: I think. Uh, I mean, you,
1: I think you're right. I mean, those are some fabulous players you right had out there. I mean, you had George Mikan and that crew, the founder, in since the founders of basketball. Yeah. It was fun to be a part of that. Group. What was it like when you went in the
0: Hall of Fame? Well, again, it was uh, it was one of those uh, awards that uh, you deeply appreciate and uh, you recognize the honor uh, of it. But uh, again, because I don't focus, I've never focused in on things like that. Uh, it's one of those things I, I'm sure I will appreciate when uh, when I'm sitting there with my grandchildren
1: you'd be telling stories about when you played basketball the way it used to be
0: well you know we always did that in solid movies (laughs) one last question who was your favorite player growing up my favorite player growing up well probably was oscar robertson yeah i was from louisville kentucky and oscar was from cincinnati and uh Heard about him in high school and watched him when he played with the Royals. Uh, you know, so I would think a big old was, was the the hero of the time. i tell you what,
1: he was a great player. and He's forgotten about but I mean, that guy could do it all.
0: A lot better than a lot of these guys.
1: Oh, exactly. Talk about LeBron, but he was, I think, better than LeBron because he, uh, like everybody talks about triple-double, he kept doing it.
0: Do it all. And he wasn't 6'8". No, he, uh, and he, he did it within the concept of a, a good team, too. All right. Thank you uh, for a great interview, Wes Unseld and David Spada. After this brief break, we will be back with pro football Hall of Famer Jim Otto. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.